Yo. What's up, dude? What's going on? Nothing. Oh, a lot of, uh, I would actually say nothing, but there's just been so much going on lately. <laughs> what are you, what? <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the, the thing to do is just to answer and say nothing's going on, but that would be lying. There's so much going on. I mean, like currently, right now, at this very moment, nothing's really. At this very moment, no, we're just doing this, and you're right, nothing's coming. Yeah, on. we just we we're just living in this moment, man. That's right. Everything is the moment. Thank you for listening to Twenty Nine Twenty Eight. We are a semi-weekly podcast presented by two friends. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can find us at 2928.digital, which is where you'll find our entire back catalog of episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at 2928.digital at gmail. You can follow us on your preferred socials, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Please tell a friend. And if you enjoy what you hear, take the time to rate and review. It helps us find new listeners. And once again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. personal experience of the because you know now i'm just doing it as an adult with kids so it's sort of it's sort of a different experience anyway well did you go did you go there as a kid yes and no um we did but i want to say we only went once how old were you and 14 okay and then did you go there before you had kids as an adult or as a college kid or whatever? No. So you went there when you were 14 and then yep. Did did Kim go there as a kid? Mm, I guess sort of. Not yeah, yeah. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Well, I mean, just I'm I'm curious why you guys would be drawn to Cape Cod. Is it just a proximity thing? It's like the closest large body of water that's uh, that's not in your state. Oh no, my father-in-law literally owns a house in Cape Cod. Oh, so it's so. okay. All right. Yeah. So they that was his like summer spot. So he grew up. Um, with you know basically vacationing there all throughout the whole summer which is funny because it's like a very apparently it's a very um capital regiony thing to do um we were at this park um i should look it up but we were at this park that i had never been to before that was the parrot photo that i sent you guys oh yeah um and I thought it was cool because, oh, this is a beautiful park. I've never seen this place before. Um, and we're walking the trails with Marcy just to, like, be nice to Marcy because, you know, she 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 gets neglected these days as the – now she's the dog with the family, so she's, like, the least priority, right? Your, 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 daughter, um, your daughter's not uh, walking her yet, taking care of her? We're almost there. That that's getting close, um, but no, not yet. Um, it's called Great Pond, uh, in Wiley Park. So we're at Wiley Park. We're doing the trails. I'm wearing my, I'm wearing a green shirt that has a. It's a it's a bike chain, and the bike chain is in the shape of the state of Vermont. Fantastic. 
And this guy looks at me, points at my shirt. Actually, I should I should back up. <laughs> We're on the playground. And this guy is like, what's the what's the like uh electronic skateboard with the single wheel in the middle? I think it's just like a mono. Have you seen those? Yeah, I think it's just like a mono wheel or something like that. Yeah, so this guy's like using one of these like things off like but off-roading with it and doing like the trails with it. Right. And and he comes in hot and takes a a lap around the inside of the playground with it. And then he gets off of it and his kids are there and whatever and he tries to get back on it. But he's trying to get back on it on a loose surface and I can't not watch him. I am just like fixed on watching this guy fail getting this thing going up again on the like loose um, playground surface, which is just like chipped wood, basically. Um, anyway, wait, so he's doing it 10 on, minutes. He's doing it on like the mulch. Yeah, exactly. It's just not working. Um, so like 15 minutes later, we're walking the, you know, Marcy down the path. And that's when he points at my shirt and says, keep Vermont weird. Am I right? That's that's not the same. <laughs> that's not that's not the saying and, uh, at all. <laughs> I I answered yes, but like I I think my tone probably told him that it was a no. Um I was like, you know, I basically was like, yeah, I guess. I you know. What um, what is the what he, is the slogan there? People do say keep vermont weird but, but i don't but like any that, of those that's, sayings that's austin and portland isn't it's it? austin that's austin and, oh yeah it it like there are already two. definitely there, it was austin. there are already two places that do that yeah no at, at least yeah mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't keep vermont weird am i right <laughs> i don't know what california's is <laughs> well i don't i don't even know if you have to have something like that but well, the guy you was don't nice have enough. to have things, but every state has random ass like, oh, this is the state songbird. This is the state mm-hmm. tuber. This is the state cheese. Like it's. I don't think there's actual regulation or oversight on what those uh, those uh, I don't even know what they're called superlatives. What 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 state superlatives exist, you know? Mm hmm. I don't know what the state bird of Vermont is. It's the hermit thrush. That's a that's a good thrush. Yeah, I don't really see these. So what's uh what's what's California? Is it like a golden eagle, a pigeon? What is it? Turkey vulture. You know what? It's the condor. Is it the Calif- the California condor? Yeah, state bird of California. Damn, it's the quail. Seriously? What? Yeah, I never even heard of it. That's got to be a NorCal thing. I've never seen a quail in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they summer here. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Dude, they are classic quails with the little quaffity thing. What is it called? The thing? Their little head poof. Is it the same thing that that they call uh, the turkeys have? There's no way that's the same thing. Do we have a resident ornithologist that we can ask? No, but but Bill deals with turkeys. You should you should speaker phone Bill right now. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Ask him if the quail doodad is the same as the turkey doodad. Uh, I can't do that because I can't like I can't rope him in unless it's like. Hmm. Is there a way we could rope him in? I don't think we can do this. I mean, you could call him on speakerphone and put the speakerphone to the microphone. But then I'd also have to put the uh, the the microphone to my headphones so he could hear you. Well, I mean, okay, so we can't all be we can't all be involved. I wasn't talking about my benefit. I think it would be beneficial for our listeners. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, all right. 
I'm not doing it, but um, <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> I, I will I will research uh, an ornithologist that we can bag next time. Yeah, we should really and, we should uh, have a resident or- ornithologist on this show. It's oh, from, I from the first episode till now, so. we've uh, we've really uh, we've been slacking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we 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 talk about birds a lot. Do we? I. I mean, I remember the first season. You you talked about birds. <laughs> okay, I like birds. And and I had just so. I, I was very reductive about it. I was like, oh, that's a bird. I see a bird. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's one of oh, that's, that's one of the right. classics, man. That's on the uh, that's on the that's on the top ten hits right there. Oh, that's right. You just see a bird, and now <laughs> now that you're older, you're seeing you're you're seeing more birds or what? Like in total, because I've been alive longer. <laughs> no, like, like, are you, are you seeing less silhouette and more uh, spe- specific bird now that you've aged? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So when you're in Cape Cod, since you don't really have mm-hmm. a childhood memory of it. Do you find yourself going out there? I guess this last time would be the most accurate test for what I'm I'm saying. But like, do you see yourself living more through what your kids are enjoying during a, a vacation in Cape Cod versus what you're enjoying or want to do on vacation? Yeah, I mean, there's there's like, it's not about me at all um it's not about what i want and <laughs> you don't sound bitter it, <laughs> it, it, you you live it's it's a little bit about living vicariously but it's a little bit also about there's there's like a certain amount of pride that goes into you know like i'm not that person who like brags about my kids at work really um but there's something to there's a detail there that is is very interesting which is like we had a day that we went to the bay and we just started to um, we just started to kind of swim and do like water related activities this summer. So this is like, we didn't do shit last year, obviously pandemic this summer was like, this is the water summer, right? So we've already swam in a pond. We've, uh, swam in the, you know, Cape Cod Bay. We've done, you know, we started swim lessons. We've done this kind of stuff now where, it is fun to do that kind of stuff for me because it's fun to teach that kind of stuff and it's fun to see, you know, where she goes with it. What was really cool was the first day that we went to the bay and you go from like exploration to overconfidence and that overconfidence and exploration, there's like, no fine line it just blurs right into overconfidence and then you get a mouthful of salt water and it was funny because she was done for the day after that that pissed her right the fuck off and i kind of loved it and i kind of i brushed it off i was like all right no big deal i'll get out whatever i didn't make a big deal about it i just said you know simply like that happens you know that is part of swimming it's better to do it in sea salt water than to do it in chlorinated water for sure. Um, and you know, as long as you, you're going to do that like 50 times before you find out how to not. And then even when you start swimming in the ocean, that's just going to happen to you because you're going to get completely fucking pummeled by a wave at some point. And that's just part of, the fun of swimming is that you get beat up in the ocean sometimes. 
and then the next day we went out and did the same thing and a lot more like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like it. It didn't seem like, you know, but it was still that same fear from the day before. And it was great to like, you got to trick children. You, you can't like, there's no, you know, there's people talk about lying to kids all the time. You just got to trick them into doing the things they need to do. It's like, that's just part of the system. So I was like, oh, let's just go out to the sandbar here and check this out. And then the tide came in. <laughs> we were like stuck. It was great. Um, and then we went in again with our like, you know, the swimmy blow up shit that goes on your arms and whatever. And uh, and yeah, my daughter's just like a total fucking swimming champ. It's pretty cool. And she's not old. You know, so she's three years old. It's not like, it's not like, um, it's just, it's just very interesting to watch. And it's like, this is something that you go from like, oh, I've never done this before to like, I am able to, you know, this person is able to move, maneuver themselves around in water, which is extremely fascinating to watch that, that quick growth. Um, same thing with like bicycles and all that stuff. She's just like overconfident on so many fronts which is like that's a double-edged sword but you know that's just what it is my so my experience is lived through that you know like purposely ordering only seafood and not the cop-out chicken so that i can watch a hungry child down some you know uh, clam strips and fish and scallops and shrimp. Just try stuff and that she doesn't normally have. Yeah, stuff that I wouldn't normally even buy or prepare for, a, you know, a number of reasons. <clears throat> but it's just, uh, it's very interesting to do all of those vacation-y sort of things. Um, it is cool to have... Um, you know, to like have that, that connection that my father-in-law just like has this house um, and they have renovated, they've renovated it in the last five years. Um, so it's in a state that is completely modern, nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great spot, but I don't get to like, swim in the ocean by myself because I got to watch kids. You know what I mean? I don't get the, so in five years from now, it'll be different. I'll be able to, you know, um, I mean, it'll be different probably for better and worse, but it, it'll be at least different. Like I'll be able to just go swimming in the ocean. You know, we'll be able to do that kind of stuff and, you know, as your family, as your core family gets older and is able to do more things. Um, yeah. So I have, you were asking about like, do I have a formative like childhood memory of the Cape? I do have like visual memories of the, you know, from whatever, I guess, middle school or early high school. But I have like these visual memories of what the beach looks like there which is pretty distinct because it's a lot of like kind of cliffy sort of. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, know, it's a classic, down to a classic Atlantic, uh, Atlantic Ocean beach where it's just rocks and no sand and cold water and ticks is what I remember. You remember ticks, huh? Oh, I, shit. We, we've talked um, about ticks before. Ticks were a... Uh, Tick, ticks were the big, they were the razor blades and the candy of my childhood. That's so funny because I, like, my dad always just, like, talked about it in passing and then, like, that was it. We didn't really, yeah. That's so, in, that's so interesting. It was like, it um, was like the field of dreams where, like, the ghosts would come up to the line but they wouldn't cross over. I would go up to the long grass and I'd be like, nope, there's ticks in there. I can't cross over yeah. there. I, um, we just do tick checks on ourselves and stuff and our kids. We just make sure that we don't have any ticks crawling around us. A lot of that has to do with like having a dog around anyway. Um, 
the other thing I was thinking of was, you know, getting chickens here so that there could be fewer bugs, period. Um, but uh, we got time. We definitely have time. Maybe when the kids are a little older. Should we clap? But Yeah, we should clap. Uh, three, two, one. So I, you said, you asked a different question before, and I'm going to say, you asked if I had gone to the Cape without kids as an adult, and the answer's no, except for, I think Martha's Vineyard counts. Yeah, that counts. That's all the same gene pool. I agree. Um, wait, like the Kennedys? Yes, like the like the Kennedys, yeah, <laughs> Chappaquiddick and whatnot. <laughs> so uh, we did do that. Um, as a as an adult, I did. I did go to to Martha's Vineyard, and I don't. I want to say I. I don't actually remember if I had been there before, ever. Maybe we had, but I I don't remember. Um, and my experience as an adult uh, at Martha's Vineyard was incredible because I I had a uh, I had brought my bike, um, so I got to ride my bike around Martha's Vineyard. It was also we also were staying in a dry town, so I had to like ride my bike to a different town to get booze, um, which is strange um, to say the least. But that's one of those details or one of those things about like the Cape that I wish was just, it doesn't seem right to me. It seems like there should be far more cyclists around. And they do have a bike path that goes the whole length. So maybe I'm just like hanging out in the wrong parts. Um, but I just feel like there should, I should be seeing a lot more bicycles on, on the Cape and I just don't. Um, but I would like to have like a cape bicycle that I use. Um, and I think that as I get older, I do see that as like a good spot to like, I don't know if you do this, but like, I mean, you never take time off. You barely take time off. So, but when I, I'm like falling into this lifestyle of like the, the modern, you know, middle white, middle-class white American lifestyle or whatever, or whatever that's going to be for our generation. And like, I see myself camping in the summer and going to the beach for one vacation. And that's about it. So I like find myself planning out these trips, even if we don't go on them yet, I want them kind of like solidified in my mind so that I know that if I'm, if, if it happened or you know, if I was ready to do it or if I could carve out the time and we could, you know, we could do it the same every single year. You've got, vaca- that's kind you're, of- you're a vacation prepper. You have like file Z and file Z we pull when we want to go to a mountain somewhere, you know? Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. You've got your yeah, itineraries. Yeah, I mean, I have, oh, I have it all planned. Like I have, I have my spot planned out in the Adirondacks. You know, we've been there once. It was like, one of the greatest camping experiences we've ever had. Everyone agrees. Everyone who was on that trip agrees. It was just like, it was the place to be. It was beautiful. It was serene. It was quiet. It was like a great place to read a book, throw back like 10 beers, whatever you need to do. Um, So I have that place in mind. Um, I was considering, considering, um, I think I still have the tab open. I was considering booking dates for September, for early September there. Um, Because, you know, this summer is just jam-packed. It feels like it's over already. You know what I mean? Um, But it's like... You're saying the summer's over? Summer's not over. It feels over. It's like the middle of July. You know, it feels like it's over because, well... Because in a month's time, Kim goes back to work, and that is my summer over. Because my summer is only lived as, insofar as the summertime off for teachers. You know what I mean? 
Um, and in Vermont, they do the New England thing. The schedule is a little different than the New York thing. It's about two weeks earlier that they go back. So they go back at the end of it, like in August. Um, you know, it's the, uh, I don't know, berry picking season. What, what is it there? It's, it's based on the, uh, what, right now? the farmer's almanac. That's why all the kids don't go to school during certain certain time because they had to help in the farms. I mean, it makes sense. What's you know, the, what, what, it's what, definitely... What, what do they grow there? Sweet corn? It's probably Vermont's sweet corn, huh? There's definitely a lot of sweet corn. Um, you guys it you, was... you don't do peaches or anything like that? No. There's a lot of wild raspberries that are... Yeah, berry, pick, ba- berries pick, and sweet pick, corn. I mean, we're picking those berries right now. They're delicious. Yeah. Well, you know, two weeks earlier than New York, you won't be picking them anymore so the kids can go to school. Yep, pretty much. But yeah, the the time to like, I I hadn't, I don't know. I just hadn't felt like, been at my job for five years now. I hadn't felt like I, not that I didn't deserve a vacation, but like I felt like, what was the use of taking vacation when I was just going to get behind and I still didn't, but I, I'm realizing how stupid that is. You just got to take your time off. You just got to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to get your time off. You need to take your time off. There's a built in insecurity that us as labor feels because we think if we leave, at least, you know, from what you just said and what I believe every day is like, if I, if I take time off, then they'll, find out, you know, some inadequacies or something that I wasn't doing on the job, or they'll find someone to do that job. And I will be less certain to hold that job when I come back from it. Yeah. Or it's just going to pile up and you're going to have to work twice as hard when you come back anyway. So why even bother? Yep. It's, uh, it's horrible. (laughs) It's, it's crippling. And obviously we say everything from a position of we have jobs and, and, you know, we're lucky in that regard to have such prosperous jobs that we've been able to be at and grow with and everything. But from that position, you start realizing what that, that, uh, work to live mentality is. Yeah. And it's difficult, right? I mean, yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. It is in a lot of ways, but there's something, the part where you have to work hard, I'll I'll put it this way. This is an interesting thing, and this doesn't really apply to your world, so, you know, whatever. I mean, it might, but there are... just to describe my job for like two seconds, I need time, computer time, so I can do all my ordering so that we can do all of the receiving when the goods get to the job. When they arrive on site, I need to also receive them. That's part of my job. So the more parts that we buy, it doesn't take a substantial amount of extra time to order more parts parts per se but it takes a like almost a linear not even almost a literal like linear like duplicate i don't know how to say this correctly but it takes twice as long to receive twice as many parts which seems obvious so the more parts we buy the longer it takes us to actually process those parts because you physically have to handle the parts Right. So the it you, your job doesn't become easier if you're doing things in larger orders. Mm-hmm. It's like a one to one. So each part that gets checked in is a certain amount of time. Yeah. And it's just like you're just like doing better business and doing more business, which we have been doing since the beginning of the pandemic. We've just been like our our business scaled up tremendously in the last two years, and we didn't hire necessarily another person for our position. And my my coworker 
said something to him the other day like are you keeping up with all the stuff that we would normally keep up with and he looked at me and said no <laughs> and you like laughed he's like are you kidding and i was like all right i'm just making trying to make sure because it's like we all have different roles which kind of comprise this one department which is how that works but it's interesting to me just because i have maybe the weirdest role in that i have like th maybe 50 small vendors to manage and because i'm managing all these you know smaller relationships and all that stuff that's all so, it's so time consuming to do all of that but i'm also literally buying twice three times sometimes sometimes as much as 10 times as much as I was buying and all that stuff is also selling seemingly immediately, you know? So I'm having to purchase more and more and more, which is, you know, again, a good problem to have, but it is one of those things like things are falling through the cracks and the lowest things on the totem pole. I really just, I hope, I hope it's no big deal, you know? And for every mistake you make, in our profession at least, that is 20 times the amount of work later because you're, it's retail. You're rectifying that issue with the customer. You're, you know, so it, it behooves you to get it right the first time right. and get it right up front. But as you're increasing the amount, like, the amount of points of contact, you're increasing the potential for more failure. Oh, we're just increasing failure across the board. I mean, it's like, You're, they, they, there's they're, no question. They're working at, like, not they, but like, just in general, people work to the point of stress, and then under stress, more and more gets loaded on, things break. Yep. So it's... And just like, and just like pure numbers-wise, like, if your returns are 3%, well, if your returns are 3% of, I don't know, $1,000, now if you're doing $10,000, it's still that 3%. It might actually be 5% now, but that changes the workload for the person doing the returns as well. So everything has gone up. More returns, more issues, um, more great parts being sold, et cetera, et cetera. It's very interesting. No, absolutely. But, um, it's, yeah, it's, there, there's examples of that in my job too. I just, I don't want yeah. to talk about them. It's my weekend. Yeah, of course. Yeah, God, of course not. But it, I thought it was interesting that my coworker said, yeah, things are falling through the cracks. And I yeah, was everybody like, knows. People explain it different ways, but everybody's aware of the same thing. Like people might give it different answers, but it's all the same root cause, you know? Right. Um, and that, but is there an understanding from management on your end that like, like this is happening or is it, are they doing anything to rectify that by hiring more people or like rearranging yeah. responsibility shit like that. Oh yeah, totally. Like many other departments are getting more people. We right. haven't really yet, but I think they're waiting for it to slow down, which I don't know if it's that's going to happen. That's um, that that's kind of counterintuitive at that point though, cuz if it slows down, then you won't need the help. Yeah, but you do want someone trained. Like so they can jump in when, running when it happens again. Yeah, like when I got hired, they were talking about like me being the person in 10 years time to be like there to replace, be the first one to replace the team. And it's hilarious because it's like in our line of work, we don't know how much longer we have anyway with this sort of business. And if I had a guess, I would say right now, and maybe if it stays steady for the next like five years, that'll be the peak. And then it'll just go downhill from there. Um, unless there's a big pivot and, you know, for our 
industry, which is auto parts, if we start offering um, electric conversion kits for the vehicles, which we'll have to do at some point, um, I think that will be, you know, that will be the big pivot of this whole market. You know, all of the automobiles, there are going to be so many electric conversion kits because there are going to be so many automobiles that will, that people will want to keep, you know, because they'll be in good enough shape, you know, and still very usable. Um, so I think that's going to be a pretty big market. I'm I'm pretty point. sure I tried to talk you into starting that as our company about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have the time for it. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. You dropped it. You planted that seed in my mind and I, I, I've had a lot more time to talk about it and think about it too. I'm so tired of coming up with billion dollar ideas and then not seeing a cent from them. This is, yeah, I I gotta start doing something right. <laughs> Well, I mean, we still have the time to do it now. It's not like it's a big thing yet. It really isn't, you know, and we're still waiting for we're still waiting for battery tech to be correct. You know, we're 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 still waiting for once this once these companies start coming out, the battery basically all this technology should drop in price as more of it hits the market. And range will become, you know, a huge factor. I think once we get to this, like, you know, to a weird point where, like, people would be buying electric cars right now as the only possible option if they, if they had automatically a better range than any gasoline car like well, if you could it's get not even into, range it's 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 more about how quickly they can charge it versus how quickly they can fill it too being being able to know that you can get another 300 miles to the charge in five minutes versus half an hour you know is a big difference i guess i think that the thing that i've come to terms with and i used to think that too but the the thing that I've come to terms with is realizing that the vast majority of the time, like I could, I've tried to sell myself on the electric car. Like, how would I sell this to myself? Like, what are the benefits? And the benefits are staggering. They really are. Like, whenever I'm done doing this internal monologue with myself, I realize it's not even a no-brainer. It's ridiculously a no-brainer. But you never have to go to a gas station ever again, okay? You never have to step foot in a gas station if you don't want to, right? You're charging the vast majority of the time at home. You get home, you plug in your car, you go to bed. You, you know, depending on your commute, you might plug in every other day. Your car tells you when to plug in. The car can smart charge itself it doesn't have to top the battery off it knows what your commute is um and like all these little things like i think range is going to be like that it is that end all thing so that you know if you got 700 miles on a charge that you could charge the car overnight you Every single person would have an electric car right now if the price was the same, like as they as the prices are like right now, which is like you're talking about like forty five thousand dollars or something like well, that will buy you a car. Right. It, but I mean, it's also it's a computer. It's not a car at that point either. So like there are like it, they're in the minority, but there are plenty of people who want to get a car that they can fix or work on to keep going and whatnot. So there's a population that's not going to necessarily jump over there if it's based on like modular replacements rather than part replacements. 
Yeah, so, no, I don't disagree with that. I so, think that's so, I mean, I, I, true. I, I think if you had a 700-mile charge and then the next, like, a overnight charge, you would have 700 miles again. I think that would win a lot of people over as long as the car doesn't look like, you know, a fucking Tron Transformer. Like, mm-hmm. as long as it, like, I think what the F-150 Lightning's doing is going to win a lot of people over because it's a legit nice-looking truck. Like, if you want a mm-hmm. truck... It's just a truck with a frunk, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, then there's going to be those people who are like, I know how to work on cars. I don't know how to work on fucking computers. I don't, I can't source parts for it because it's a computer that's half of it's built in, you know, China or whatever. There's going to be hesitation to give ourselves over to it if we don't have. The accessibility to parts, technology, instruction, and the ability to to repair. Yeah, I think so. But I also think that we've passed that point already anyway, because there are so many vehicles that are, and it sucks that most of them are like luxury examples, but there are so many vehicles that run on gasoline and I swear to God, it just doesn't make any sense that they even run on gasoline because they already have 25, 35, 45 computers in the fucking cars already. You know, they have all these little computers that do all of these little things. My sister texted me the other day and said, it was like asking about her oil in her car. Mind you, she has a 2011 Audi, the small SUV, whatever it is, a Q5, I think. And, you know, because my dad's crazy and he has to have Audis for everything. He can't have anything but an Audi, which is like, whatever. I didn't really, mm. I, I never knew that, but I, I'm realizing I knew that. Like, that was ne- that was never a fact that I knew about your dad. But now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Like, since 2003, he's only driven Audis. He hasn't driven anything else except for an Audi since 2003. And it's like, okay. That's fine and all. Like, what I understand of, that. And this might be too personal, but what type of belly button does your dad have? Is it, a, uh, is it an Audi or an Innie? Oh, that's hilarious. That's an Innie. <laughs> <laughs> is this like a, this is like your, that's like your, your comeback from pandemic, like stand-up routine? Yeah, so that's my type it's five. Like, I'm going to take to the bowling alley on open mic night. Oh my god. What's up with innies? <laughs> I drive an Audi. <laughs> I'm glad I could workshop that with you. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, I did the oil on her car. I probably told you this on the show, but I did the oil on her car and um you know whatever. I, I know I'm it was the worst. I was looking up all this stuff in the fucking. I, I you never have to look at a, a a car manual for anything like your your user manual. But I'm looking through the user manual. I'm fucking googling shit. I'm like I. I all I had to do was figure out first of all which fucking motor was in the car, which it wasn't labeled on the back of the car, and I was like, all right, whatever. And I have to look at the VIN, and now I have to anyway. And, you know, it has a fucking engine cover on it. So it's not like I or it's like, OK, I can go take the engine cover off and then like count the cylinder banks. And so I can do that. And then I can Google, you know, four cylinder Audi or six cylinder Audi, whichever one it is. And see what the oil capacity is. Um, because what I did was I pull I, I popped the hood and I pulled the dipstick. And you know what the dipstick is? The dipstick is a fake dipstick. It's a little plug oh, for where the dipstick there's, used there's to no be. There's no stick there. It's just the the thumb pull, the finger pull. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why do they do that to me? Why? Why do you have to delete a dipstick? So wait. So the there's... dipstick's not there. So it reads the levels internally. Uh huh. That seems. That seems like, okay, that can be the primary thing, but the dipstick should be there for, like, fail-safe purposes. Uh Uh-huh. Like, so 
over-engineering, like, let's create more problems kind of bullshit. So, anyway, it was a bitch. I finally filled the fucking thing. I drove it back home. It was fine. Except for it was leaking because, anyway, that's its own other thing. I fixed that. So then I send her on her way. She gets into a car accident and kills a deer. Was the deer at fault? Oh, yeah. That thing just ran the fuck right in front of her. Um, what did that deer do to the the Audi? Oh, it demolished the Audi. Oh, Jesus. It was kind of great. Um, I guess I'm going to it, admit to insurance fraud right now. Am I going to do that? I anyway. I mean, you you said it, so I don't I don't know if you want to go into detail about it. The guy who did the work was like some Polish guy in the city, some body shop. That, you know, the guy had Lamborghinis in there and all this shit. He wrote her up for the whole cost of like, you know, what it would cost to do the job. The deductible is not low. So it's not like, you, you know what I mean? So you're tossing in a grand to get this thing re-fucking-worked. But y you need it because now it needs a front clip, a right fender, a left fender, blah, 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 blah. Like all this shit. Needed a fucking hood. So anyway, he replaced all of this shit on the car. And I, I think he like used his resources to like clean up a couple of other things like rust spots on the car which were like up front i mean why not that at that point well well the that's the thing is like you're gonna respray the car anyway so why not like clean up the little bit of rust that was like under the door and shit and make the fucking thing mint that way your car has more value again yada yada all that shit so the guy does all the body work well this was i don't know a month ago that he finally finished it. It's like, it's like one of those ongoing sagas where it's like, okay, you're out of, you know, you don't have a car and whatever. And, you know, insurance could be paying for a rental, but you don't want to do that. You live in the city. So who fucking cares? So anyway, finally, you know, my dad went down and visited, visited them and stuff like that. And my dad's freaking out because, the electronic level in the car is not showing anything. They're texting me. They're like, how much oil did you put in the car? Did you put enough oil in the car? Yeah, of course I put enough oil. How, how quickly do they think you go through oil on a drive? Well, that thing, that thing does actually, those Audis do burn a bit of oil, like quite a bit of oil. A, two, so, a 2011 is going to burn through oil in how, like what, what is the time between you? Wait, but you put oil in it and then it had to go to another shop. Yeah, so it wasn't even driven that much. It was driven like, tw you know, maybe 2,500 miles in the time, you know, and those oil changes on those cars now, I would go, I would personally go probably about 7,500 miles on that car before I changed oil. Um, they recommend anywhere from, you know, they recommend like 5,000 these days for synthetic oils. And... I I like to push my cars some of them because I don't really I don't really beat on my cars. Um I definitely don't have like a heavy foot or anything like that. If anything I'm fucking trying to go for economy runs all the time. Um So anyway, they're like what's going on? No oil in the car. And the only way to check is this electronic thing in the computer of the car. So you have to like look at your dashboard display and go through these like you have to go through like four menus to get to the fucking place where the oil, engine oil is oh my god just what what a piece of shit setup that is and turns out that by replacing the hood it like it was there was a sensor that they needed to replace that they didn't replace and because they didn't replace the sensor it wasn't communicating with the oil sensor and so the car just like but the here's the thing you could have and that it, the car does burn oil it, it burns you know maybe a quart every 2500 miles or something like that the car definitely burns oil um all modern audis definitely do i would say um some of the smaller turbo motors are pretty notorious for it but 
So that thing could have like, you know, unless you can hear a motor and you know what it sounds like when lifters are starting to get feel, you know, they're starting to sound a little dry. I don't, I think, I don't think most people, especially if you live in a fucking huge city, have their ears tuned into that. So you could have ran the damn thing out of oil eventually if you were a dick, but just think about how stupid that is. Anyway, they got it all fixed and it was fine. Um, just so dumb. But anyway, I, the the reason why I got on this, I started talking about this, is because computers and cars and sensors and cars and all of this shit already is they've already been reeling in the usability sort of the 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 desire for a mechanic to work on their own car that has already kind of fled in many ways there are cars that are desirable to work on and those are more simple and the newer cars are the less likely people really want to um, do something like that. And maybe we'll have a sea change and the future kids who are into tinkering with cars are all electrical engineers and they're all just like making hot Teslas or something like that and juicing the batteries. But but I mean, and Ike, this is a obviously a, a zeitgeisty of the moment conversation. I man, I don't know why I am peaking. I'm really hot right now. I don't. I can't figure it out. I'm gonna have to bring my shit down so much. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm recording into my home computer, which I haven't used since like last year or whatever. But hmm. um, also a different mic. Um, but I mean, uh, right to repair and all that too, is it, you know, fucking farmers want to be able to repair their John Deere equipment and John Deere does not allow anyone but John Deere to work on John Deere equipment. That's true. Tesla. If you tinker around with Tesla stuff right now, they'll cut you off from premiums like, uh, you know, uh, warp speed or whatever the fuck it's called. There's an inherent like control that we give to the companies that we're buying the cars. So it's not even people who want to tinker with cars. It's we're buying these machines. Do we actually own them or are we just borrowing them? So then is it beneficial for us to even buy the cars or is it going to force us into a situation where we rely solely? I'm, I've I've talked about this for years, I think. I, I assume I've mentioned it on the podcast because I think about it all the time. Are we going to end up in a place where we don't buy cars, we buy subscription plans to like Amazon's version of Uber or something like that, where we have access to self-driving electric cars, but we don't own the self-driving electric cars? Yeah, I think I think you should think about it that way. I think you should think about this stuff as a utility. You know, I think they're they're necessary things that you need to survive in this world. Um, you need transportation. You need shelter. You need like all of this stuff is just like I don't know if the model <clears throat> of uh, anything that's been going on in the last. Any of the carryover from the ancient system. Um, What's the ancient of, system? You know, colonialism and property ownership and all that shit that they took over. Because there was no property ownership when the white people came and took all this land away from the Native Americans. Well, you know, they wait. Just, I mean, they worked property. They lived on property. There was an, yeah, but there they, was an establishment on like the Mississippi Delta. Uh, like it was one of the biggest cities in in you know known land yeah but there wasn't like a there wasn't like a system that we have as it is today well there wasn't like, there wasn't a system that was established by us that we were aware of but we were too busy watching them die from the disease that we brought to their shores and then exploiting them i read something about this recently but i maybe i'll try and find it but it's like the 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 criticism is this idea of like property ownership and shit like that and like we just rushed in because property is valuable and like it was different for native americans because they didn't see property as valuable they saw resources as valuable 
which is like, duh. Of right, course, but, but, resources, but resources are are, are, are big are, are gotten from property. Like you have to have property to get resources. You don't have to have they it. But you, have to, you have to have access to it. Right, and that was the thing is that like the idea before white people came was just that was like that access was just available to anyone who was there. I think probably a lot of that had to do with just fewer people being around and it wasn't an issue because you didn't have to necessarily, you know, I'm sure they fought, but I'm sure they didn't fight the way that like, they didn't fight the way that the fighting would uh, start up, you know, as soon as the colonial settlers got here. But what I'm saying is this structure of property and ownership and all of that stuff is like, I don't even know. I think that's antiquated as well. I think that's antiquated. I think the idea that we own like personal items that we use to, cause I'm thinking about it in terms of like the Honda that we bought. Like I bought a Honda and everyone's like laughing at me because we bought a Honda. And literally as I was signing the paperwork, at the dealership, I was like, this car to me is a utility. I just need it to work and I need it to not go to the mechanics pretty much at all. Like that's my goal with this car is that it is not exciting. I don't, you know, love it, which I actually do like it. But the thing about it is that I just need it because it serves a purpose for me just like the internet serves a purpose for me, just like, you know, it's part of the system that makes you, you know, uh, money so you can pay your bills, yada, 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 yada. But this whole, like, I, I don't want to say, like, burn it all down, but uh, to some extent, it's like, I, I guess coming back from vacation to do, like, a full circle sort of thing, I enjoy working when I'm working. Like I, I don't, I don't hate it. I like going. I like feeling the sense of accomplishment. I like getting things done. I like thinking about how much I did in a day. I like thinking about how much I've done in an hour and thinking, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. But once you're in that system and churning in that system and doing the work and putting in, in all of that stuff, this gets back to what we were talking about, about literally just taking vacation. The minute I take a vacation, I feel uncomfortable that I'm not doing work, obviously. But once I'm a day removed from it and I'm like enjoying vacation, like I sat down and read, I read like a chapter in a book it was like something I haven't even done in like months. And it was so cool. And, and once you're in vacation mode, and you're cruising through vacation, it's really tough to come back to work because the days now, seem so much longer. I mean, I like I it's feel, true. I feel like I need a pre-vacation to build up to the vacation, and then need to like dip my toe back into work. Like you, you, it took you all vacation to like find the inspiration and time to read a chapter in a book. You know, it's yep. if. So if you had had a few days off before vacation to get your mind right, then you could jump right in. You could have finished a book on vacation. And then, you know, oh, I, totally. you, then you come back and maybe you come back on like a four-day work week rather than a five-day work week. Oh, I did that. I did I did the – I think most people would like think to take a whole week off. I, I'm not that person. So we had a Monday off just because it was a holiday, I think. And then I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I started my vacation on a Friday. So I took the Friday off. I took Friday through Thursday. So we came back a day early. I had a day at home to like clean and fix some shit and just like generally just rest. And then I went to work on a Friday and now I have the weekend. So I, I already went back to work, and I only went back one day. Yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it. You don't want to open it. It was so system, good. You know, you got to.